Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan FM Over 40 and Her Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Um, I am talking today about health. Um, I'm going to introduce myself first. If you've never been to this podcast before, hi, I'm Bevan. I'm so excited you're here. Um, I like to consider this my virtual porch space where sometimes I have friends over and we're. I want you to visualize your childhood blanket kind of curling up around your legs and just sitting in and having a conversation. Um, and I love to go deep with people and I love to really get to know people. And also my friends are so smart and wise and they have so many great things to say. So I love to share their wisdom. And I also pop in here and I do middle episodes uh, that are solos, just kind of about a topic. And today I really want to talk about health because um, in my profession, I guess, it's so funny because like I feel like now that I really landed on like this is the thing that I do in in life, I'm still like a very multi, multi-talented <laughs> entrepreneur, um, meaning that like I do um, a lot of different things and I have, I kind of, uh, my friend Alex, who's a medium, you can see his episode is like Alex the medium, I think it's in the 30s. Um, it was uh, right at the beginning of quarantine. It was it was a good episode. I think you'll learn a lot about the universe and um, my in in source energy and God. I learn a lot about God um, connecting with Alex. But Alex um, was talking about how my business is like Ursula, and she has a lot of tentacles, and, and that's just it's just kind of gonna form itself, right? And so um, uh, part of what I do is I'm an aerobics instructor. But I'm also a Reiki master healer, and I think that truly, um, if I'm being honest, the aerobics kind of came out of my Reiki master um, training. Like, I, I kind of just felt the call, and it's all sort of, um, it all, there's there's just a lot of different parts of it. So part of what I do is Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is an aerobics class for anybody who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. So if you've ever been called too fat too much or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. But I'll say, Facky Dance Party is truly for anybody of any size to come and have a fun experience with their body. Um, My friends who have done Ironman uh, triathlons before say that my class is a challenge, and that to me as an early aerobics instructor, I was like, yes, like, right? Like, just creating something that is so all levels that you can do it, any or all of it from a chair. Rule number one is you don't even have to be moving. You can just show up and cheer along. So there's no wrong way to do fat kid dance party. Um, and I think that in and of itself, just that one rule is like revolutionary because most people have a lot of baggage when it comes to movement classes. Um, when it comes to pursuits of things that might, uh, achieve a health outcome. Right. Um, and I really like to use my language very intentionally when I talk about health, um, because there's a, rampant problem. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a fat phobia in our country, in our culture. It's like this like weird idea that our bodies are supposed to be shameful, um, that our bodies are supposed to be exactly like everybody else's body, um, and that our bodies can't just be and be worthy of love. Like it's, it is a, a literal cultural hallucination that people choose to believe that. What I believe Um, And I'll say this, I've been a body liberation activist for 20 years. Um, I fell in with the right group of people who just basically showed me, oh, you can be fat and love yourself. Before that, I didn't even know that you could be fat and love yourself. I hated myself. I hated my body. And like, I knew when I turned 19, 
I read the book She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb, um, and I identified with the main character ever so much. And she was so self-loathing and so mean to herself, and she was fat, but she wasn't that fat. Um, and, like, she, like, I don't know. I just remember this this very sad woman doing a lot of walking. Uh, and as as in a few of those, like, books, too, um, by that Philadelphia chiclet writer, I forget her name, Jennifer something. Anyway, I feel like there's always, like, a fat girl doing a lot of walking in these books and then losing some weight. Um, it's a weird trope. And here's the thing. Um, it's not the weight loss that matters. It's the change in behavior, I think, that changes it. Because, like, once you're taking control of your time and how you're using it and how it might be nourishing you, right? Like, taking a walk is very soothing. I've been walking now probably at least an hour a day in the forest every day for almost a year. Or, I mean, it's been a full year, but, like, every now and again there's dangerous weather and I don't go out. But even when it's raining, like, it's the Pacific Northwest, it rains here. Um, but I'll just go and walk. And walking is very cathartic. It's very healing. And um, anyway, so I read that book and I recognized that I was self-loathing simply because I identified with this character. And I was like, I don't like that about myself. I want to change that. So the first thing I did was I turned to dance aerobics. Now, I had been really conditioned to believe that exercise was something that was supposed to instantaneously poof, make you lose weight. Um, and that dieting was supposed to do the same thing. And I failed a lot at those things um, when I wanted specific weight loss or body outcomes as a young person. I was in Weight Watchers at eight years old, by the way. Um, not my choice. Uh, and I, I will say I, I love my mother very much. She did the very best she could. Um, and I will tell you this as an adult woman, uh, please don't put your kid in Weight Watchers at eight years old. That's not, um, this Weight Watchers produces everybody I know who's an eating disorder therapist talks about Weight Watchers. Like it's, it's created an entire industry of wellness professionals because it has screwed up the way people interact with food. Um, and the best thing you can do for your kids around their eating is just to do the work yourself on your body image. Um, and your relationship with food. Focus on yourself, and that'll help your kids, which gets to the point of my episode, which is when you are worried about someone else's health, this is the biggest question I get, right? So I have a lot of background in this. I really do care about people learning to love their bodies. I did the work myself, and now I'm a quote-unquote wellness professional, right? Like most people sell their workout videos by talking about weight loss, and that's not really what it's about. What it's really about is, is feeling joy and being joyful in the experience of the body you have today and just letting it be because here's the thing like it's the only one you're ever gonna get and I believe now that I've gotten super spiritual right like I did all this work I kind of really believed in the inherent worth of people's bodies but then now that I'm spiritual I'm like I just truly believe no one is here by accident I don't think you are alive in 2020 by accident I think we're all meant to be here to bring something a new level to the earth um, and that's through our unique dreams and our unique joy joy is our compass that is what helps us guide the ship um, does that mean every day is like uh, a musical a movie about Christmas where everyone's dancing in the square and they're having flash mobs and delicious food and cheering each other up no like that's not how life is life is life right it's messy it's hard there's grief right but life can also be a beautiful, easier experience when, like for me, I'll say this just from my experience, when I focus on my mental health, like it really lines everything else up and my experience of life gets easier and I have more joy. My joy shows me where to go, right? Like what am I doing in life that helps bring me joy? 
what's that thing that I think will level me up, but I have a lot of fear in that? That's like that comfort zone, getting out of your comfort zone into your growth zone. That's a really potent zone to be in. It's not that joyful to grow and be uncomfortable and to face yourself and be willing to change, right? So you got to like have all this joy with like this like layer of, of growth, right? I think that's how I think we're meant to be, right? Just as a baseline spiritually. So like if I feel we're all here on the, for this divine purpose, then the bodies we have are so unique, right? Like look at actual human diversity. No two humans are actually alike. Even identical twins are very different, like, and they can be very different, like, personally. Um, Jennifer Axel, I interviewed her on my podcast in the 50s, right? Where This is episode 64, so right, we're in the 60s. Um, she is an identical twin, and we talked about that. Um, so I just think we get these unique body experiences, and then we have this, like, media and the system of, like, fat phobia, treating bodies um, negatively. And I really, if you haven't read the book, The Body Is Not An Apology, by uh, Sonia Renee Taylor. Highly recommend it. If I could have written you a textbook for body liberation and freeing yourself from this system that I'm talking about, it's that book, right? You were born self-loving. You were learned to not love yourself. That is the premise of that book, and that is what I believe. So when people come to me and ask me, Bevan, a health professional, um, I'm worried about my friend, my loved one. I really think they need your aerobics class. I want them to take your aerobics class, right? That to me is like a five alarm bell. Um, and I don't, I have never told someone this in this truthy way. Um, but since I'm not directly communicating with you and we're just podcasting here and we're on the virtual porch where I really just tell you what I really think. Um, what I really think is leave your loved one alone. Like someone else's health is no business of yours. When you stick your nose in someone else's business like that, it doesn't create change. It creates shame. When people think you're doing something, when, when people think you're like shooting on them, like you should do this aerobics class. That does not get people to want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think what is, it's, people really want other people to change and they wildly overestimate their ability to influence someone else to change, but they wildly underestimate their own personal ability to change, right? And like, so if you want a friend or a loved one to pursue more health outcomes, I want you to think about your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, um, and your your emotional health. Think about those different health areas. Figure out where you're not in a full place, right? Like I have friends who are in great physical health, but they their mental health is trash. Trash, I tell you. Like they are not happy people, right? And like if you've got all that serotonin going and you're doing all this like physical stuff and like you're still not a happy person, go to therapy. You know what I mean? Normalize therapy like going to the gym and like go to a therapist that challenges you to get into your growth zone. Um, but loves you and creates a safe environment for you to just be while you're growing. So, Because you can't really grow until you love and accept yourself, right? Uh, but if you're worried about someone else's health, do Facky Dance Party yourself. Like, it's a great class. It's really fun. It's going to meet you where you're at. And truly, I think there's something for everyone. And, like, I'll say this. This week, I taught my Zoom aerobics class, which I teach every Saturday. And um, it was the first... So... I have a new sort of experience now teaching aerobics classes, right? Because I keep learning and developing as a person. And, you know, with all my, like, spiritual development, I've really been seeing, like, gatherings of people, um, each and every one, to be its unique and own special thing that will never happen again and has never happened before, right? Like, I think about all those years I went to Girl Scout camp and I got so much... I was so soothed by going back to the same place and having the same rituals and the same culture, 
Um, it was a really beautiful place that really gave me a lot of grounding as a child who moved 13 times by the time I was 13. Um, I just, I loved being outside and having an outdoor experience and I loved being in that culture. It was really, really great for me. Um, but there was something that like became dangerous about change and like I had to really learn how to understand that every year I came back there were different people and it became a different experience even though it felt like the same experience right but I always used to see like I, I threw this party when I was living in New York City uh, for many years I was, I was among all the things I've been I'm also an award-winning nightlife producer um, so I produced a party a few different parties but this was the main one rebel cupcake for many Thursdays uh, second Thursday of the month for like uh, four years, maybe three years. Eh, was, I think four years total over the span of maybe six years, right? Um, I started it, I launched it on International No Diet Day, May 6th, 2010. Um, and it was, so no, it was a, over a four year span because I left New York in, at the end of 2015. Anyway, um, but it was an amazing party and I always thought of it as even though every party was different, I always thought of it as like kind of the same thing, right? Like this is Rebel Cupcake. I do this every month, blah, 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 right? But every single person that is in a party is influencing that space. It's influencing the experiences. Like I had people fall in love at Rebel Cupcake. I had people, um, you know, just have really magical experiences that change their lives, right? So, I mean, so did I. I had so many fun, like things that are just seared in my forever memory. Now that I've got time and space to reflect back on that time. I'm like, oh my God, every single party was different. So I get excited about my weekly Facky Dance Party class because it's going to be different. Even though I have like kind of a solid group of regulars now. So there's like some people you're regularly seeing, but like it's a different popcorn of all the different regulars now. Right. And then um, last week we had five, five new people, which is the most new people in any single Zoom class. I think it was really fun. Um, and my worst nightmare happened in that class which is that my internet blipped off. Um, so suddenly, like I'm just teaching, I'm teaching the line dance, right? Like I teach the line dance in two parts. Uh, the first is um, the actual teaching, right? Like where you get the steps down. And then the second part is where we just practice it again and again and again going on four walls. Um, so I just about finished teaching the first part and suddenly like everyone was frozen on the gallery view. And I was like, oh no, oh no, everything's frozen. Oh no, because like I live in the mountains. It is a miracle that I can speak to you from my computer. Like I, the upload speed I have today is so much better than when I first moved up here um, and I was at a different house with different internet. So this is like the best game in town and it blips on and off. Like when I started recording this podcast uh, tonight, my internet had just blipped off again. I will say this, the blip thing doesn't happen like every day. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that happens every now and again. Um, it's mountain satellite internet, right? Uh, but the worst is when like we have a storm and it cuts out the power, which means there's just no internet. And so, um, that is something, you know, it's a real possibility. Anytime I have a class scheduled that like suddenly I could not have access to the internet, but I'll say this, I've been teaching outside most of the time and have managed to always have protected, uh, no rain. Like so far that it hasn't gotten rained out even once that Saturday morning class. Um, I've had to teach in my trailer before the high school aerobics class that I sub, but, and I can't teach a regular aerobics class from inside this trailer. It's too bouncy. So I do like 
somehow it's some stuff I would I would just adapt it. I just figure out like how to do something more stretchy, more chair aerobics type moves, things that don't involve a lot of bopping, um, and which is totally possible and it's very healing. Um, so we're talking about all of this because I just want you to really cement that you have the power to control you. You have the power to change you. When you try to get into somebody else's business and get them to change, it's just reflecting something back to you that you need to change. So if you're thinking of your friend and you're like, I think they need back at dance party because blah, 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 right? Maybe you need back at dance party too. So, um, and you can offer it to your friend, right? You can be like, hey, I bought this. So I'm doing this thing now. It's this buy one, get one gift certificate thing. So if you buy a gift certificate from my website, I'll put the link in the, um, in the show notes below, but I also know that it's kind of fiddly to figure it out from the show notes because you're probably listening to this and doing the dishes. So you can also Google fatkiddanceparty.com, that's the website, um, and slash merch, and you'll see the gift certificate in there. When you buy a gift certificate for my workout aerobics video series, you get one for free. So it's BOGO, buy one, get one free. Um, and that is a self-care date for you and a friend if you want to give this away. Um, I just like, it feels complicated to me when people tell me they think they have a friend who like needs this because that usually to me says that they need it. Right. Like, um, and like also people's shame is so intense. You'll never know the battles people are fighting. Um, and unprocessed trauma just really lands in a pool of sadness and anger and like things that just sometimes people are taking out on their bodies unfairly. Um, but like, for me, like getting forced to exercise and forced to diet because I needed to be, I felt I needed to be punished for the size of my body. That was the experience I was getting from what people were telling me, from what the media was telling me, from what my family was telling me. Um, and, and my family, I think was just like a prism of the lens of what the media is telling us. But like, just think about this. The diet industry is a $72 billion industry. That's billion with a B. Um, that has a 95% to 97% failure rate. Like people who lose weight on a diet are, uh, 95 to 97% likely to gain it all back and then some, but I'll say what I've seen is actually effective in people's lives is lifestyle change and lifestyle change doesn't come without really digging in and wanting something better for yourself. And I did so much work to be very accepting and loving of the body I had. Um, and then I also became so loving of the body I had that I couldn't ignore its signals to me any longer, right? Like I had really chronic IBS while I was a practicing lawyer. Um, I was really out of alignment with my purpose in life. Um, I think at that time through that law practice. And so I had to figure out how to create a lifestyle that had more self care for me and more ability for me to control the foods I ate, which definitely influenced the way my stomach digested. And it's like, yeah, it really sucks to not eat ice cream. I'll tell you that right now. Like I, I live a life without cheese. I know you're shocked, but like, it's possible to live a really good life without cheese, right? Like it's really possible to just listen to what your body is telling you and not do it. Like it's, it, but I'll say this, like, this is why being concerned with other people's health is like not the battle. The battle is like figuring out what your body needs and doing that thing. Cause like you may thrive and be able to eat ice cream. I can't thrive and eat ice cream. Like, so I had to make a choice around my priority of my body and my self love. Right. So that, but that was an intensely personal amount of work that actually really required me to do a lot of work around my own personal self image and my value of myself. 
Um, and that is in defiance of what we're taught. We're taught to please other people. We're taught that we need to be just like everybody else and conform uh, in order to belong. Um, and we are taught that our bodies aren't good enough. We're taught that our bodies are failures if they don't conform to impossible beauty standards. Like, they Photoshop supermodels, you guys. Like, it's just like that. This is not okay. It's not healthy. Um, it's not positive. It's not, it's not good for my mental health. I mean, just, you know, I know some people who, like, um, their, their line back to the doctor when they, uh, tell them they need to lose weight is weight loss is not conducive to my mental health and dieting is not conducive to my mental health. So tell me how you would treat a thin person with this situation or these symptoms, um, and really force a medical professional to do their work. Um, and so that's kind of just how I feel about like health outcomes in general. Like you just got to figure out what's healthy for you. Um, especially about your kids. Like I remember when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college. My mom, I just turned 18. My mom gave me a pair of rollerblades for Christmas and I don't like to fall. I don't like to bruise. I don't, uh, I, I was particularly uncoordinated at the time because I was wildly disembodied and disembodiment is just an experience of not being in your body. Like really just being in your mind, not paying attention to your body or your body's cues, right? Like it is, it's self abuse. Um, and it's a thing you do as a coping mechanism when people have driven you out of a loving embodiment, right? Like you deserve and belong in your body, receiving pleasure, giving pleasure, experiencing the joy of movement and the joy of your body. And it doesn't have to be about punishing yourself, right? Um, this is like my constant thing when marketing Fat Kid Dance Party, because like most people market fitness to lose weight, but we know that that's like not an, it's like, it's the wrong reason to do it. I think like, cause you're not going to get lasting change when your desire is to like change and conform your body. You can get lasting change if you make lifestyle changes that really align with who you need to be. But like some people, like literally your body is not meant to be a size four and like you can eating disorder your way. Eating disorders are so common. You guys, like, I think people really think it's you know, just rich white people, but those are the people who can afford treatment. Um, but so many others of us, especially if we're raised in food deserts or with people who are food insecure. Um, oh my God, my mom asked me at Thanksgiving dinner, um, are you food insecure? Is that why you've been losing weight? <laughs> and I was like, no, I swear, mom, I like work out a lot. Uh, I move a lot, but I also like, uh, just, you know, needed to start eating more. You know what I mean? I was just like, I, I have food I, I whatever, like my body's doing what it's doing because I'm in this like no travel year where I have full control over what I eat and I have plenty of food like, um, and, but you know, I am really strategic. Like I'm, I'm working really hard. I've been talking about this for a few episodes, but I'm working hard to budget and steward my money instead of surfing my balances and moving up here. Like part of why I moved up here was because I needed to get my expenses really low so I could keep working on my entrepreneurial ventures and like honestly like we're still kind of scraping money together here um but I still have a grocery budget right like I'm still and so I'm trying to steward my money but this month I needed to go to Trader Joe's uh which is something I do every three months so I stock up but that meant that I didn't buy as much food this month so I think my mom is just used to me shopping at the grocery store more um but she thought I didn't have any food and I actually I have a lot of food right now um because I, I did that big uh grocery shop. So anyway, um, and it was just funny, but it's not funny that people are food insecure and that's a real thing that happens. Um, and especially right now. Um, and I just really think like, it's on my heart to just talk about this. If you have means to help other people, like 
you know, like I've been, I mean, I don't even have, I don't have like tons of extra money or anything like that, but there are beautiful apples around the land here. Right. So I've been making applesauce and just giving it to my neighbors. Right. Like just giving things to people, giving food, helping people where you can, like the most potent way we can change the world, I think is truly in our own neighborhood and just doing kind things for our neighbors and the people who are in our lives. Um, I just, I really think like the world changes because we change, um, and we get really hyped up in other people's health and wanting other people to move around and stuff like that. And the best thing you can do is just do what's right for you right now, right? Like maybe rest is your moving around. Some of us like move too much and like think that we have to like work ourselves into a grind, but are there things you can simplify and like, you know, get a little time out of like just instead of, you know, doing all your meal prep, like every day as you cook something like doing a big day of meal prep so things can be faster so you can have more chill time. You know what I mean? I've been doing a lot of cooking and freezing things so that I can have a little more chill time. Um, you know, in times when I get busy, you know, like it sometimes I, I anticipate January being a month where I have some podcast interviews and things like that. Right. Like, so I know there's going to be like, you know, that's also the big time when people want to buy aerobics. Right. And I want to be, Hey, your pal, Bevan here to tell you about aerobics. You can have that don't, that just have to do with your health outcomes. And I also want to tell you, I really don't believe in new year's today is new year's day, right? If you need new year's to do a change or to make a change, do it today. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to do it if you wait till tomorrow or you might do it if you wait till tomorrow. Eventually you might get sick of yourself. This is how I do a lot of my changing. I talked about this in a previous episode of the podcast, but I do a lot of my change work by just waiting to get sick of myself. Like I really needed to get my budget down. It's a lot of bookkeeping to do forensic accounting for me and it's annoying and I don't like doing it. Um, but I finally did it because I just got tired of not doing it and wanting to have more control over my money and feel more like I'm a steward of it. Right. Like, um, and so that way I just want to be prepared for blessings to come my way and also just get a little more mature. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it is about decision making. Cause like it, when I decide on a budget, that means I've decided, right? Like, and so I get really, my perfectionism flares cause it's like, ah, what if I made the wrong decision? But what if, whatever decision making is a self-correcting process. As a spiritual person, I believe it's all unfolding. Um, so anyway, I hope that helps. Like if this, if you have further questions about like your concern for someone else's health, um, I'm sure some of you out there are like having a lot of yeah, buts. like, yeah, but like this person's going to die. Well, you know what? Like I was in Al-Anon for many years. It's for family and friends of alcoholics. Um, I have many people in my life who have drank or, um, drug to themselves to death. That has happened. I believe overdose is a form of suicide. I believe, you know, and that's just my belief, right? And I have many friends who have chosen to end their lives via suicide, including someone recently. Um, it's been really rocking my world, actually. I, I don't even want to say that lightly. I've been really processing it a lot. Um, my friend Nairi and I really, like last year was like a hell year for me. Like 2019 was really hard. Um, I think so that I could thrive in 2020 and just teach from it. You know what I mean? Like it's this year of uncertainty. I'm like, well, that was last year and it was really much more uncertain and much harder. Um, and my, uh, friend Nairi was also going through a similar, like, um, getting pulled away from LA life falling apart, but maybe falling together thing. And Nairi, uh, was pulled up originally to the Bay area. Like really like was talking about this for weeks and was like, finally like making a change to go. So Nairi and I became friends. Um, in 
2016, I think it was late 2016, early 2017, um, at a class. Because when I moved to L.A., I wanted to become more psychic. And part of that was, like, taking classes. Like, um, so my Reiki master teacher, uh, the person who did my Reiki master teacher training, I did level one and two when I was in New York City. Um, and I did... Uh, level or it's not it's technically Reiki master but it is level three right it's the equivalent of level three but like it's it's master um anyway I did that uh with Sid in um LA who's an amazing healer if you're in LA and can go uh they're amazing um so they did they also are very like most people who are Reiki healers have other things right like I'm an energy healer that's kind of how I like to say it. it's like I do a lot of different modalities kind of in my sessions just kind of whatever's coming up but Reiki is always okay so Sid my Reiki master teacher is also a bird medicine healer and uh, did a bird medicine class it was right around gosh it must have been around the Trump inauguration right like because I feel like I it was just a good like resistance thing it was I remember it just having a feeling of resistance like how are we gonna love and resist in this uh, regime. Oh, thank goodness. It was only four years. Um, but anyway, so Nairi was in that class with me and uh, my first impression of them. So first of all, they were that guy. Like, you know how you're in a class and there's a guy, it's just that guy who's always talking or always like raising their hand. Right. But also like very strongly spiritually connected and was like reading energy off of things in a way that I really like holding a bird feather and really feeling the energy of it in a way that I really admired and wanted to cultivate myself. Um, cause sometimes like also, so when you're seeing someone's health, right. And seeing a health outcome you want for them, like you want them to move more, you want them to eat quote unquote better, right. Whatever you want for them, that's you reflecting something you actually want for yourself. Um, and so really examining that and turning the mirror on yourself is really the work, right? So the same comes up when you admire things in other people, right? Like when I admired Nairi's power and, um, energy sensitivity, that, that I knew was a path I needed to cultivate for myself. Um, and so it's so funny at the end of that class, Naira comes up to me and is like, Hey, do you know this person? And this person was someone who I'd been friends with and had a falling out with because, um, ultimately they treated me disrespectfully. Uh, that was why I set that boundary, right? Like for me, it was just at the disrespect level, but they kind of like were burning through a lot of our mutual friends and like, you know, blowing up at people being really volatile and, um, uh, mean kind of. And, but also like blaming me for a lot of things, right? Like it was really, it was really wild and nasty and heartbreaking. And, um, and I was like, um, so this person accused me of, of knowing you and talking to you and being poisoned against her by you. Like basically my former friend had accused me of interacting with a person I'd never met before. Right. I met this person after they were accused of, of me, like basically like that's how they knew my name. Um, so then I said, oh, let's talk about this outside. And so, um, Nairi is like a very powerful or was, uh, a very powerful, um, healer and seer and knower of things. And, um, I did some great, my, so my friendship was born out of this like mutual, oh my God, here's the whole story situation, right? They'd gone on a date with my friend and didn't want to go on another date because they had seen a reflection. They said this to me, this is what they said. They had seen a reflection of a demonic energy in my friend, my former friend. Um, and that was corroborated by someone else entirely having seen a photo of them by somebody else. Anyway, it was another different see or healer person. Um, uh, but I say this, uh, because ultimately that's kind of what happened to Nairi. Nairi like had, uh, 
ultimately towards the end an entity that they were fighting like a very strong spiritual battle against this entity um and i am um nairi had seen so nairi had moved last year so we're going through our follow part to, year together right so we become friends uh we start going to the forest together a lot um there were some spots that nairi made it seem like it was private between you and them but they take everybody to those spots right but it was fun it was in the angeles national forest which was really close to my house but it had no cell service so i always felt really um nervous about going up there by myself um i feel so grateful that i get to live now i mean i think very much nairi was part of me walking a forest path towards the home that I have now and understanding the value that I get out of being able to go into the forest every day um, is really like Nairi ushered that awareness into me by, with our forest trips. Um, and it was really like great to get to know Nairi. Nairi was uh, like a gender queer sort of butch, fag, uh, identified very swishy, Armenian, um, really fucking hot, like really hot, like really good hair, always incredible style. Um, also profoundly insecure, which is really, um, I'm not a very insecure person. And so insecure people either definitely don't want to be around me or want to be around me, but like kind of hide their insecurities a little bit. Cause it's hard. Cause you know, I just have these inherent beliefs that everybody's worthy exactly as they are. So like when you have someone that's seeing you as whole and complete, which is what I I strive to. I'm basically always striving to accept and love the people in my life, like exactly as they are, with no agenda for them to change, no need for them to change, just accepting and loving everyone who comes across my path. Um, and that to me has led to a gentler, kinder existence. Um, I'm not into people pleasing anymore because I accept and love people as I expect and anticipate them to accept and love me. Um, and so. Uh, but I really see, like, because, you know, I've just been struggling with Nairi's suicide ever since I heard. Like, they, it was on the full moon, uh, I think maybe Halloween or November 1st, something like that. Um, and it, uh, I didn't find out until the new moon. This, it was like, and but I had put a rock. So Nairi and I w went to the forest the morning that Dara, my ex-fiance, broke up with me. Um, so that morning, it was February 12th, 2019. Um, Nairi picked me up. Uh, we drove into the forest. We went up to a snowy part. So we were walking around in the snow. It was so much fun. Uh, Nairi was kind of showing me how to communicate with trees. Um, and again, like really ushering me into like a really full connected experience with the forest where now I feel like I get to really have a relationship with the forest that I get to walk in every day and just see the way it changes every single day. Just like a party is different with all those different people in it, right? Um, and I had this vacuum dance party with all these fun new people. Oh, and I never, I'm sorry about this. I'm just, I have so many fun things to talk about. This vacuum dance party class I had this weekend, um, while I'm like processing my friend's suicide, right? It's been, it's been a heavy time. Um, and so I have this, this internet blip and I'm like, oh no, everybody's gone. But then eventually the internet kind of came right back on. I think I missed about five minutes, but it was still, I'll say this, like it was still, I think the best class I've ever had, like, and it was because it was like so unique. There were new people. Uh, we were all having such a good time. And I think it was really fun for them. Like they seemed skip bacon. My friend who takes is a faculty dance party regular. I interviewed her, I think in January or I know in January uh, of 2020, um, on my last trip away, uh, to Sacramento, I stayed with Skip Bacon at her house. And so she's now a faculty dance party regular. She comes to my aerobics classes on zoom. And so she is a stand-up comic. And so she like chatted and like got people to keep moving. And like Tiffany from, 
uh, who's also a regular and who also teaches group exercise, reminded everybody to keep their heart rate up. So Skip had everyone doing their favorite Facky dance party moves until I reappeared into the room. And because the internet just does this satellite blip thing, right? It doesn't happen that often. Like, it's a rare Zoom that gets interrupted. But it was my worst nightmare. It came true, and the class was still very awesome. It was, like, the best it's ever been. And, like, that's the best thing, I think, to really, like, be pursuing your passion, the thing you know you're really here to do, right? It took me a long time to figure out what I was here to do. But to do it in a way where it's unique and it's special and it's perfect, and it's the one it was today, even when it's kind of a flop, you know what I mean? There's still stuff to learn, but most of the time, like, because I keep developing and it just keeps, it's fun and it, it keeps flowing and there's more. And I think the chemistry with different people, like honestly, um, really kind of informs what I say in, uh, the aerobics class. Cause there's a lot, I mean, it's all ad-libbed, right? Like, I mean, I have a script for things and I have choreography, but I also leave myself a lot of room to play and just feel into the now moment and like say what needs to be said. Um, and then people only really ever hear, like if you're in conversation with someone, you only really hear 6% of what's said. Everything else is tone and um, expression, right? Like facial expression, body posture and things like that. So anyway, I always just kind of trust people get what they need from it. But it felt really amazing that I had this class where like, that thing happened that was like a worst nightmare moment, but I was like, it was also fine. Everything was great. I accept and love this as it is. It was what it was and it was great. Like we had high vibe. Um, and I just, I'd love to teach this class cause I love to see people's joyous faces at the end. Like that's the product of my class. It's joy. Um, and to try to convey that to people or market that is weird. Um, to try to have people like see my class as a thing they need to get their like relative who never moves to do like you're not going to get that person to do it what you're going to do is start doing it yourself get some joy out of it speak from your experience to the people who you think will connect to it and that's how you that's how you spread that you know what I mean like it's not about trying to you know like those rollerblades I'll tell you what I never use them <laughs> I, I went on them one time like and then I just never I didn't have a support system to like help me feel confident in my body being a fat person on rollerblades by myself. I also was very afraid of falling. So like, I did not know how my, I've, I've been watching a friend learn how to skate and they are always at a skate park with other people. Like they're always with, it, you need other people. Like it's a wobbly thing. I know you can do it by yourself, but I didn't want it. I didn't want to learn how to rollerblade. So I didn't do it. And then basically they just kind of collected dust until I eventually gave them away. Um, so but, and it was also sad too, because the first set that I got didn't fit my calves. It wasn't big enough for my fat calves because fat people have different size bodies because body diversity is a real human thing. Um, and our calves are bigger, uh, than a thin person. Uh, even though we make up more of the population, there's just certainly more of the, uh, fashion and, uh, sports equipment that's made for thinner people. So, um, I had, remember I had to return them for hockey style, uh, rollerblades that I could lace. Um, which, you know, I did get in them one time. I went rollerblading with my cousins and then I went back to college and never did it again. So, I mean, you know, why waste the time? Why waste the money trying to change somebody else when 20 years later, they're going to be an aerobics instructor and they're just going to be, uh, they're going to be just fine. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be just fine. So anyway, uh, that's what I have to say to you. <laughs> about you wanting a health outcome from somebody else. That's really, it's what, how I'm titling the episode. So I know 
Uh, I'm getting people in here. But I know I have a lot of regulars who listen to this podcast all the time, and I so appreciate you. I love hearing from you. Um, I love knowing that you're listening. Um, and uh, please, if you ever have any questions or anything like that, shoot me an email. Also, you people out there who are still like, yeah, but, yeah, but, about your friend that you think needs to change, um, feel free. Send me a question. I will totally, uh, I mean, my answer is accept and love your friend exactly as they are. You know what I mean? And, like, figure out how you need to have more boundaries around other people's behavior affecting how you feel, right? Like, if it's really devastating you how someone else's health is, I mean, focus on your own and focus on some level of your emotional, mental, physical, or spiritual health that is lacking. Um, and love people just like we need more love, right? Right. We need less shame, less telling someone else what they need to do. We need more people who are just willing to boss up and change their lives, get a little kinder, take a little more responsibility, right? Like imagine if like somehow we could get all the people out there who are like deadbeat dads to like boss up and take a little responsibility and like help people out, right? Like, and show up for their kids. I think a lot of deadbeat dads, I mean, this is like my psychology of my deadbeat dad, but, like, I just think he's mired in a sea of shame. You know what I mean? And it, I, I love him, you know, as a fellow human being. But I just realized he never took responsibility for me and, like, um, didn't ever really go out of his comfort zone to have a relationship. Um, and that wasn't my decision to make, right? Like, but I can have a lot of compassion for it. Um, but it's, you know, I'll say this. My dad has a disease that, like, my his mother died from but like that my dad got diagnosed with way before she did um and like it's because he wasn't ever taking care of his body or his health right like he drinking smoking um all of that kind of stuff right and um and he's still alive <laughs> it's like he's like 71 you know like 72 i don't know old like i mean and it's not old old but like you know i think like I'm really into quality of life and quality of time and quality of experience. And like, I just see the way that shame keeps those things from being present in your life. And the more you can release shame and the more you can just embrace what's right for you, which might not be right for somebody else. Like some people's like mental health is way more important than their physical health. And for me, when I focus on my mental health, it really leads to strong physical health outcomes. That's just what's happened. Right. Um, but like, really figuring out what your order of priorities are and focusing on yourself instead of focusing on other people. Okay. So if you're like Bevan, how can we work out together? Tell me everything. Um, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I am primarily supported through a Patreon page. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N is a membership support site where creators like me create content for folks like you. Um, I have a few tiers of support. Um, the main tier, I would call my flagship tier, uh, is 25 bucks a month. And that's where you get six on-demand aerobics classes uh, that I film in the woods. They're beautiful, actually. Like, it's me, the trees, we're dancing, we're doing aerobics. Um, and there's six different classes to choose from. A 10-minute, a 20-minute a 45-minute canna-size class. It's more repetitive, easier choreography um, for a cannabis experience. Um, two 55-minute aerobics classes, just dance aerobics. Sometimes I do like a stretch aerobics type class. And then a chair aerobics class, a dedicated uh, chair aerobics class. So that's all available to you, like a little menu. So whenever you want to work out, you pop in there, click on it. It's a Vimeo video that pops up. You can cast it to your TV if you know how to cast. Um, and um, it's really fun. I love doing it. It includes all of my Zoom aerobics classes, which is uh, Saturday 
11 a.m. Pacific, uh, and it's on Zoom. It's aerobics. It's, it is. I mean, it's it's exactly what it is, right? Like, it's so much fun. We dance uh, for the first, like, 50, 55 minutes, and then we do a little, like, 10, 15-minute check-in. Um, it's truly the highlight of my week. I love teaching this class. I love seeing who's coming. Um, I used to do that Rebel Cupcake. Um, I, I still sometimes call Facky Dance Party Aerobics a Rebel Cupcake, by the way, by accident. But I used to do it, like, once a month. Um, doing nightlife and I always used to think we really should be dancing together more and then eventually it gelled when I moved to LA I was like oh this can be aerobics like so it's really fun to get to do it every single week and see who's showing up and like what's happening and like what we're gonna do and like sometimes there's costumes right like I really I kind of I'm inspired by um, Angela uh, my regular from St. Paul because she wore these cats she was talking about I can't find my cat ears for many um, for many weeks in a row and then finally she found them and she wore them for Halloween um, but I kind of want to have a cat theme uh, faggot dance party class where people wear their cat um, headgears or maybe their animal headgear. I don't know. Um, it's a fun thing to do and it's fun to get dressed up uh, in whatever way, even if it's not getting dressed up at all, just showing up as you are. Because honestly, like I do a lot of Zoom. I do Zoom yoga classes now uh, pretty regularly. I've been doing a, a, a Zoom moon ceremony with my friend Sasha, who loves to giggle on um Instagram. She's really great. She's a great teacher and she's doing these great ceremonies, um, these great moon ceremonies. And then uh, my friend Noemi has been doing these amazing, um, I do yoga and tapping for anxiety at 9.30 a.m. She's yoga with sparks on Instagram. Um, both of those classes have yoga in them and um, specific things that are like inherent to each of those instructors and they're so nourishing I love showing up I love to see um, I like the community and I like the teacher and I like um, I really believe God talks through our teachers to us and especially if our teachers are kind of tapped in right um, and uh, I've also been doing a laughter yoga club with some folks in San Jose um, it's been really fun it's like a really really good nourishing thing I've been doing uh, for my mental health during this quarantine. Um, and so doing that and then hosting my own thing has been so much fun and just really grounding in this time where like we can feel very cut off from other people, but you know, showing up matters and, and coming to a thing matters. And you can come to my zoom aerobics class. Uh, you can buy a ticket. It's like 12 bucks. Um, but most people are just Patreon members, $2 a month or $5 a month. And you can come to all the zoom classes. Plus I have, um, things in there that are only available for y'all. So it's updates from me. Um, I have a whole podcast of mini episodes that include Reiki healings and meditations and self-care tips and talking through some trauma resilience tools I have in there. There's a great archive um, of little podcast minis and um, I love producing that kind of stuff for you. I love being part of your self-care. Uh, so if any of that is appealing to you, patreon.com slash fkdp it stands for fat kid dance party and um i've got the link in my podcast notes but you can look that up and you can also it's linked from the fat kid dance party website under weekly online classes um but it's really just the way that i've been able to basically transition my business in the quarantine times because i was supposed to go on tour <laughs> this year haha <laughs> remember when we had plans like that for 2020 haha <laughs> Um, I watched the Taylor Swift folklore movie, by the way. Um, it is such a gentle, wonderful album. I cannot believe she just, like, her whole life screeched to a halt. Three days later, she, like, picks up a pen and, like, or it's, first of all, she reached out to someone she felt semi-intimidated by and was like, hey, maybe do you want to write an album with me? And then 
uh, she reached out to someone else and picked up a pen, made this amazing album that I just love. Like, I actually have a hard time not crying during the first song. Um, and, uh, you know, tender breakup times. It, like, takes you right back to that place. Like, I really admire an artist who can, like, drop right into that raw artistic space, like, out of necessity and out of change energy, right? Like, everything changes. The whole world changes. Your whole industry is changing. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this totally new thing, this total 180. Um, and then make a little movie about it, like, and get it on Disney Plus the night before Thanksgiving. What a gentle drop, right? Like, what a gentle, gentle moment. Um, and a gift to all of her fans. It's been, uh, I, I know some, I don't identify as a Swifty. I find those kinds of things, uh, the, the nicknames for fans to be a little bit, uh, much, uh, for me personally as a person who, enjoy, like, is there, if there was a Dolly Parton fan, sort of name, I might be that thing, you know what I mean, like, but I, right, so, anyway, but all of my Swifty friends are, like, over the moon this year because of her drop, right, and she, like, dropped the resistance and just did the thing that was on her heart, which was totally different, and, like, in that movie, she talked about how, um, she was really worried about, like, when they were releasing it, as, because historically things don't do well that month, and I'm like, there's nothing historical in this time, this is a frontier time, Taylor Swift, drop your album and see how, you know, and it doesn't even matter. Like, I think if you do great art right now, just drop it. Like, just let it go. Let it be in, in the universe and give it to people so that they can, like, you know, enjoy it. And, you know, I, everyone's numbers are down. Like, I mean, not Taylor Swift's, but like, you know, people's, I know everybody I know is like an influencer type person. Their, their engagement down, like all of it's down. It's just, it is. I think I've mentioned this before because I just want people to understand, like, you know, the algorithm bosses people around, but you out there have a choice over where you pay your attention. Like I like to go in doing the sniper attack on Instagram, like where I specifically go to specific profiles and catch up with those people makes life so much better than just scrolling. Cause scrolling never makes me feel good. Like, I've been noticing it more and more now that I'm not doing it much. When I do scroll, it's out of habit, and it doesn't, it feels yucky. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do yucky things. I want to lean towards my joy, right? Um, anyway, this is way longer than I ever intended it to be, but it's just like we're chatting. It's like a post-Thanksgiving, threw on some, uh, some mellow Bill Evans. Uh, this album, by the way, uh, is called You Must Believe in Spring. Um, and I listen to it a lot simply because I need to say that out loud to myself now that we're hunkered down into winter. We've got the seasonal dis- depression, the cold. It, it, it's, people call it SAD, seasonal affective disorder. But really, I think it's C-O-L-D and D-A-R-K, right? Like those things really affect my mood. Um, and I'm really working on um, having, I'm diligently taking my vitamins at the right times every day. So I'm getting vitamin D three times a day. I'm getting um, calcium and magnesium with that. I'm doing some brain health vitamins that really help me stay peppy. I'm doing an herbal antidepressant. Um, so I'm just giving it the arsenal, right? Like, I'm like, I don't have a UV happy lamp this year, but we're going to see what we can do. Um, doing all the other things I know to do, right? Um, so I'm really focused on that. Part of that is doing wind down nights, right? Like really having low sensory, um, piano music helps me a lot. Piano, like I got really into piano last year just for peace and serenity and like chill times. Cause it kind of feels like it massages my brain a little bit, just listening to piano. Right. And then, um, I got really into Bill Evans this year during the quarantine just cause it's helps. It helps me kind of like mellow and wind down and, um, truly like, my friend who I was like falling apart with last year, 
um, was kind of following their path up to, first it was moving from LA up to the Bay Area. They were really called to the Bay Area. And then the place that they were working at was haunted. Um, and, you know, they're a very sensitive seer, psychic person, right? You can't hang out in a haunted place that you can't clear, right? Or that you don't feel like you can clear. That was, that was what their response was uh, to it, was they didn't feel they could. Um, but then they were kind of called anyway up to Portland and had been for a while. They had already told me they were called to Portland. And I was like, why the Bay Area? And they were like, I just feel like I have to go there. And then they went, but then it's really, it was Portland. Um, and they fell in love. There was a person they met in Portland that, um, we ended up, so, you know, I'm regularly checking in with Nairi. Like we're talking about our lives, like falling apart. Everything's so scary, but it's really kind of coming together. Right. Like, um, and then I, we ended up meeting up cause they were in Portland and I had moved up to, um, up here in the Olympic peninsula. We met up in Olympia and then, um, I did an amazing reading for them. Uh, like they were really in, not in a good place. I'll say this. They were like anxious, insecure, everything they didn't, they just like felt like they were constantly just in conversation. They were constantly reviewing decisions they had made and thinking they were bad decisions. And, um, so we did a, a reading, like I had, I did tarot and I did Reiki and I did all the things and I have a really, I can just connect to someone and like, know like kind of what the higher self is saying, like this is highest outcome for what you're doing. Um, but highest outcome doesn't mean the actual outcome. It involves free will choice, right? So what spirit was showing me, and this was corroborated by a couple of people who were our psychics that I, who have been on my podcast, uh, who are psychics I use, who Nairi went to, right? Like, cause Nairi just went and went to all my psychics, which I was glad for cause they needed help and wanted connection with people who really knew how to connect and see, see different. Cause you're always too close to your own forest to, or you're too close to your own trees to see the forest. Right. So having psychics and therapists and people like that, that can help you is, is important. So Nairi was like, I saw them being in Portland. I saw them and their person getting back together. Like they had broken up because Nairu was kind of being like very insecure and needed a lot of reassurance. Um, and they, um, but they were the kind of person that would say, well, I can't do it this way because I can't do this. I can't do th-. They said, I can't a whole lot. Um, and to me, like, I think I might make it a rule in my house for my kids that they can't say the, the word can't, right? Like we really, I really work to not say that I can't do things. Cause I like to empower myself and it's like all these little minute things that I do that help me stay empowered. Um, but Nairi was really disempowered, a very powerful person, but very disempowered because of this insecurity. Um, and I saw this like community that they were supposed to be creating in Portland that like, it was a spiritual community that was going to come around. I was like, I see you having a space. I see you having classes. I see you doing, um, readings and group things and like really creating, a a group around you and like not needing to work that much, but just kind of being present and being in a space, uh, where you're holding space for people to heal. Like I saw it all coming together, just like for Nairi in the way that they had been visioning their life over the last like year or two, because <coughs> they had really wanted to have a sweetheart who they could have some space with in in the woods. Right. Like, so it was like kind of falling together with their person, but then they broke up and then Nairi just like after that, like a couple weeks later, just decided to go back to Los Angeles, um, and just really gave up in many ways. Like there was, we talked again a few times, but not a ton right after the pandemic started. Um, and then when we did talk, I knew 
just in my heart, I could pray for them, but I couldn't get mixed up in their energy. I just like, I had this strong boundary that I just felt. And it's interesting because like Nairi was dealing with an entity that was very dark and strong. Um, and Nairi was also someone who could teach a protection uh, magic class without even needing notes. You know what I mean? Someone who really understood protection. So like, I feel very complicated about this. I'm really thinking about it a lot. Obviously I'm processing it a lot. Hey, we're still on my podcast talking about this, but you know, like if I could have gone in and changed things for Nairi, I absolutely would have. If I could have done that work for them, if I could have gotten them to change the way they think or change the way they talk and use their voice, like I would have. And I, I gave them all the advice I possibly ever could whenever they asked for advice, which was constantly, they were very advice solicitous friend, right? But they're the kind of person who asks for advice, but doesn't really do anything. Um, and I can't change that and I never could. And so accepting and loving them exactly as they were and seeing them as the perfect child of God that they were, which they were. Um, and no one is ever going to do Nairi. Nairi was literally one of a kind. Like I say this every, all the time that you're an infinite creature. There's not, never been one of you before or never will be another one of you since. Right. Um, there were, Nairi was so one of a kind. Anyone who knew Nairi would know that. Um, and Nairi's left a very, very powerful legacy in everybody who knew them. But I kind of was hoping for like another 40 years, you know what I mean? Like seeing how they kind of bloomed and what they iterated into. And I'm really devastated and accepting and loving of my friend who made a choice, you know? And like, and there's circumstances and there's choices. And I just like, I know that I got to keep moving it um, and I got to teach people how to be a little brighter if they want, right? Like this is all take what you like, leave the rest. This is all like me presenting an idea and not needing, not attached to an outcome, right? So anyway, I hope this was meaningful for you. Um, I hope that uh, if you have a health desire you have for someone else, you really remember to just focus on yourself, change yourself, accept and love your people. And um, yeah, we're all going to be okay. Wash your hands. <laughs>